This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to this podcast today that we are running on mentoring. Uh, my name is Simon uh, and I'm the strategic lead for talent at My Kind of Future. Uh, we're a social enterprise um, that supports talent get into work and then progress in work. Uh, and specifically, we have a technology platform that we use to provide access to people seeking mentors uh, to support them on their journey into work and to progress within work. Mentoring is something that's increasingly popular uh, for, for people to have. So there's some research that shows that 75% of millennials actively want a mentor. If you're one of those people, we want to help you to, to successfully find them. And, and one of the reasons that individuals want mentors is uh, this recognition that feedback is so important. So the ability to, to ask questions and find things out um, uh, uh, and, and get the feedback that, that, that they need. And, and mentors are definitely, that's one of the things that they can, that they can certainly, um, they can certainly help with. I'm delighted today to be joined on this podcast uh, by Elizabeth Robertson. Um, she is a partner uh, and a white collar crime specialist at Scadden's ARPS, an, uh, an international full service law firm. Um, in addition, we have Tim Smith, who is a partner at Brian Cave Leighton Paisner, where he specializes in planning and environmental law. Thanks very much, Simon. Um, the first piece of advice I'm going to give people is uh, there will be opportunities that present themselves and be ready to seize those opportunities. Uh, mentors are generally very willing to help people. Um, often the mentors who put themselves forward are people who have themselves benefited from mentoring. Uh, that's certainly um, part of the journey for both Elizabeth and me uh, that we can attest to. But one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, at my law firm, uh, Brian Cave, Layson Paisner, one of our flagship diversity events is called Race for Change. And it's an event that we run annually for aspiring black lawyers. Uh, and we bring in uh, black lawyers who are senior in uh, the solicitor's profession, at the bar, in the judiciary, in industry. Um, and one of our absolute favorite speakers to come and speak, uh, she's been a long-term supporter of Race for Change, is Dame Linda Dobbs. Linda Dobbs uh, is Britain's first non-white high court judge. Uh, she's retired from the bench now, but she's still very active um, around the world um, supporting initiatives like this. Um, and Linda is a rock star. She can hold an audience of 120 students in the palm of her hand, and she gives a fabulous presentation. At the end of it, she will always say, if anybody is interested in connecting with me, anybody wants some careers advice, um, advice about what to study at university, just get in touch with me. And the last time I heard Linda speak, she said to me afterwards, you can tell the people who will get ahead because I've just said that to a room full of 120 people and only five or six of them will actually take up that offer. And it's those five or six are the ones who will get ahead. So I guess the first and most obvious thing uh, to uh, advise you is if you see an opportunity, then seize it because it will be a genuine opportunity. Uh, it will come from the best of intentions. Um, and if you seize it, then you'll take advantage of what the mentor is going to offer you. Following up uh, from from what Tim said, so firstly, and we we've never spoken about uh, Linda before. When I was starting out in my career, uh, she was one of the the women that I had in my sights as a uber successful senior woman because the woman because there were so few of them around. Um, the first time I met her, I'd literally never met anyone like her before in my life, and she was massively supportive 
to me. I guess I would also add, go out there and make your own luck if you like. Um, the, the, the pandemic of the last 18 months has been awful in many respects and has restricted on our, our ability to interact with you face to face. But it, in, in other respects, it has allowed us to expand uh, our ability to um, interact with you. And to talk about one of Scadden's programmes, Women in Law, we, we would typically attract 60 or 70 women to our office in Canary Wharf each autumn. Last year, we were quite astonished to find 190 women had signed up to our Women in Law uh, webinar, and we're going to continue to do that um, alongside our in-person event. And again, uh, much like Linda, I say at the end, please do get in touch if you want to, but also people message me during the, the talk and indeed my fellow partners and colleagues who do the talk with me. And they, they ask me, have you got 15 minutes that you could give me? Uh, sometimes I might not notice the email on the first time of asking. I get four or 500 emails a day, so don't, don't be offended if you don't get a second email. Maybe think about phoning a secretary, try again. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then move on to the next one. But just to give you an example, I had a call from a young man this week. He booked an appointment, emailed me, booked an appointment with my secretary. He's at the Open University, had a career, left school at 16, had a career in the armed forces, um, and is now looking to move into our profession. And he had a very structured list of questions. I was very clear that I only had 15 minutes. Um, and it was an incredibly positive experience for me. And, and it seemed to be one for him too. So, you know, use your uh, ability via social media, whether you use LinkedIn, whether you use Instagram, you know, Facebook, whatever it is, firms' websites are getting better. And identify people that are not like you, but who interest you or who you hear talk or you've heard reports about. And, you know, what's the worst can happen that they don't email you back? You know, that is the worst that can happen. Um, and, and my experience with our profession and my experience of people being willing to mentor me and to support me has been an enormously positive one. And I think as a profession, we're essentially a teaching profession. People are very generous. Uh, people love talking about themselves, right? So, you know, 15 minutes asking questions about yourself um, is going to be a positive experience. So I would really encourage you to take every opportunity and you'll just get tips, little tip here and a little tip there. Um, and that's really what I, I would like to say. Thanks, Elizabeth. And, and just to build on that, I, I think um, understanding what a mentor is there for uh, is an understandable question that might be going through your head. And essentially, as Elizabeth said, they're there to help you, you know, just and answer questions that you've got and, and point you in the direction of, of if you said, what do I do about this? Or how can I find out about this? So what you're doing is you're tapping into the, the all the experiences that your mentor has had through their life to uh, that they can then pass on to you. So you're kind of accelerating your experience by, by having a a, a mentor so just as elizabeth said you know um have a list of you know, questions of things that you want to know that are important to you you're not going to be judged by the questions it's what you need to know um and only you know what you need to know so so ask I, uh, there's uh, a, something i say a lot to, to the people i work with which is if you don't ask you don't get so again if you want a mentor go ask when you've got a mentor just ask them stuff you know the worst they'll say is don't know can't answer that question you know, but 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 
but definitely ask. So, so, so I think they're there to help you and, and they're there to help you in the way that you need. They don't have an agenda. They just want to help you. Um, so ask, that's one uh, reflection. And I think the other thing that's happened as a result of the pandemic and lockdown is uh, that mentoring programs uh, have become more agile. You know, and historically, and in your view of mentoring might be, well, that's a one hour meeting and I sit down and I have a conversation with them for an hour and it's planned and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as Elizabeth said, it can be much shorter and sharper than that. So they've become much more agile. Um, there's definitely a rise of, uh, of what I would describe as digital mentors. So people that you can connect with all over the country, all over the world um, to support you. And you can, you know, have Zoom calls or uh, uh, Teams calls with uh, with them. So um, the, my, I guess my fundamental message before I hand over to, to, to Tim, because I know he's got some views on this, is when you think about mentoring and you think about a mentor, think about if you had a, any question you could ask, you can just go to your mentor. That's what they're there for you. They don't have an agenda for themselves. They want to help you. So you ask the questions you want uh, in a way that is comfortable for you. Tim. And I think just to, to echo what Elizabeth has said, um, don't be reluctant to go and seek out mentoring help. Um, the tendency often for people, especially if they're looking for mentoring from uh, senior colleagues, is to say, well, they're going to be terribly busy. They won't have time to do that. And gosh, if you're getting four or five hundred emails a day, you probably don't have a lot of time for other things. Um, but don't be reluctant to approach people. Uh, you will be pleasantly surprised by the reaction. And often it's as fulfilling for the mentor as it is for the mentee that you can see that you've been able to help somebody out. Uh, you remember that you were in that position where you didn't know what suit to wear on your first day of work or you didn't know how to approach your first client meeting. Um, and if you're just able to ease the path for somebody um, and avoid some of the anxiety that you might have experienced yourself at that stage, and that's very fulfilling for, uh, for the mentor. Um, and there's any number of examples of people um, that we mentor where the idea is that the mentoring program runs for six months or 12 months. And years later, you'll be approached by somebody who will almost apologetically say, well, I know you're not really my mentor anymore, but do you mind if I just ask you this? And as far as we are concerned as mentors, that relationship never really ends. Um, you develop a rapport, um, you develop a strong association with the person. Uh, you may well go to them for advice in the future. Um, but this is about building long-term sustainable relationships and a safe space in which you can ask those questions that you may not feel comfortable asking other people. Um, so I strongly encourage you to go and go and seek those relationships out. Yes, could I just add to that? Um, I guess that one, one thing that we haven't talked about, and I, I think we should, is mentoring isn't always an easy, gentle conversation, especially the more formal mentoring relationships that you might develop over time. Your, your mentor will challenge you and your mentor may say things that make you uncomfortable, but that is what's so special about the mentor-mentee relationship, right? There's somebody who accepts you as you are and is giving you guidance in, in terms of how to navigate particular issues, our profession. It might be how to apply for the next stage of promotion. It might be about how to change your job. But, you know, I've heard some lovely things from my mentors to me, but I've also had them 
say some very challenging things to me that I found difficult at the time, um, but have reflected on, and nearly always it's been it's been right. Um, and the, and the other thing is is really just to follow on from what what Tim said, be, be open about um, what your mentor gives gives you, even if it's not a formal mentor. So, uh, I I have a couple of mentors, one at um, Slaughter and May, and one at my own firm, um, and I haven't been very good at telling them how valuable they are to me, and certainly in one case. He, he hasn't really understood that he is my mentor in that formal way. So it's just to really emphasize that both parties to a mentor-mentee relationship get a lot out of it if you're curious and if you're really willing to talk openly about the challenges that you're facing. Thanks, Elizabeth. And just for some closing uh, uh, comments from uh, uh, me when it comes to mentoring, um, it, it is one, I think it's, uh, hugely useful to to have a broad range of mentors. Often people think, and I think Elizabeth was alluding to it a, a moment ago, you have one mentor, you can have multiple. You know, these are people who, you know, are there to help you on your journey. And particularly if you're still in education right now and you're thinking about what might be the, the right career for me, you know, or the right role within that career, you're probably going to want to speak to a multitude of different people, you know, who can help you. Um, uh, and, and some of those relationships that you have might be quite short and some, as Tim talked about, might go on for years and, you know, for, for, for years and years. So, you know, that there are uh, people who can help you. Uh, and if you're thinking about what might be right for you, please don't think you can only have one mentor. You, you can have any number. Um, I think the other thing I would say is where to find mentors. So Elizabeth's given you some things that you could potentially do. Uh, but also in, in my organization, we have a technology platform. Um, and one of the ways that we're using it is called Get Into Work. Um, and on that platform, as I've talked to you today, there are a hundreds of mentors from lots of different organizations and lots of different sectors, including the legal sector, who are there, if you like, ready and waiting to act as your mentor. Um, and, and we'll put the link to that platform. It's completely free for you to use, um, uh, but we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to this podcast for you to access it. And it comes back to my point. They come from lots of different sectors, um, including the legal sector, and it would, uh, and, and they're there and ready and willing and waiting to, to answer your questions and to support you on your journey to get into work and then progress in work. So hopefully, you know, that, that could be really useful for you. So I'm going to hand over to, to Tim for his final comments and then Elizabeth. Thanks, Simon. I think um, the thing I'd like to reassure people of is this is firmly on law firms' agenda now. Um, any serious law firm is, is looking at how they create an inclusive culture and a culture in which people can thrive. Um, and if you think about it, that stands to reason, doesn't it? As law firms, we're a talent business. We don't have talented individuals. We've got nothing to sell. So, of course, we're going to seek out the talent wherever we can find it. And having captured that talent, we're going to nurture it and allow it to achieve its full potential. And some of the things that we've spoken about this morning are, are just a few of the examples of how we're able to do that. Um, so I think the time is right uh, to exploit the opportunities that are available and to seek them out if they're not immediately obvious. Elizabeth. So just to echo that this is an absolute priority for all, all law firms, um, not just in the UK. Um, there's lots of different ways different firms choose to implement these kind of programs and 
um, it, it, it can vary depending on whether it's a large law firm, an international law firm or a small specialist law firm. And perhaps you should be thinking about what kind of environment you, would, you might like to work in um, when you're picking your, your law firm. It, it's also increasingly being built into the uh, training contract. Um, we have a system of um, associate mentors and supervisors so that there's a very sort of close and continual feedback being given. We, ju we don't just wait until, you know, appraisal time twice a year, for example. Um, and we also make sure that it, 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 it now extends beyond perhaps three years PQE, where I think historically perhaps law firms thought mentoring didn't need to go on. Um, but certainly somebody who's 25 years PQE, in my case, post-qualification experience, um, I still value my mentor relationship. I still get huge value from them um, and they've been really one of the joys of my legal career to have those close relationships with people in a work context who've, who've assisted me invaluably and that's the reason why I'm talking you, to you today really it, it's an opportunity for me to to give back. Yeah there's one other theme that I was going to maybe talk about it's, it's a buyer's market so go and look at these law firms and get a feel for what they're really like one of the downsides of the pandemic and lockdown has been that firms have had to step back from in-person vacation schemes and work experience but one of the upsides of it is that your accessibility for outreach your geographic accessibility is is hugely increased so I think the likelihood is that law firms will continue with at least a form of virtual engagement. And if they are doing so, then seize that opportunity. You know, if you felt as though London was out of reach for you, find a law firm that's doing virtual outreach from London. Mm -hmm.